What's going on, everybody? Today is Wednesday, October 18th, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, and you are watching and listening to the Daily AI Show Live. And today is Wednesday, which means we are going to be talking about all the cool things that you know we picked up on or AI news stories that we've uh, seen in the last week or so, last seven days. Um, and we don't usually know what the other person is going to bring to this. So <laughs> it's kind of fun because, uh, you know, Andy, I know you pulled in a couple of stories. I'm like, oh, I didn't know about that or whatever. So we all get to learn live with everybody um, and uh, sort of bring in some new stories along the way. And I'm sure we'll have some overlaps there, too. So I have a few I have. Um, we, we could talk about these in any order, but I'll kind of tell you guys what I have going on. I have some interesting stuff going on with the script, which I think is always cool. Um, some information about Stack Overflow, not some great information, great information on Stack mm -hmm. Overflow, uh, Pi, our buddy Pi, and, and some updates mm -hmm. there that I think are pretty interesting. And then some just basic interesting stuff about a uh, GPT-4. So where do you guys want to jump in? Do you have something even better than that? Uh, is there any uh, hot news that we want to well, hear? Well, I've got some news that I think is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, but I know only a small part of the demographic will do uh, like that. But okay. uh, <laughs> Premiere Pro got text-based editing added. Yay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Speaking of the script, a dozen other uh, nicety features, improving uh, in, um, performance and, you know, some restoring kind of stuff or, or whatnot. But that's the big thing for me. Um, so speaking of Descript, their right. whole thing is text-based editing. So yep. I would love to compare, you know, a group that's been doing it for a while, compare it to uh, the new Premiere uh, uh, feature there. And just to, you know, for anybody, because, you know, we have we have people in our audience that are kind of coming from from a brand new perspective and maybe haven't really dipped their toe into to editing and things like that. But, yeah, one of the things that the script uh, has been doing, I, I'm, I'm going to say several years at this point, is had um, text based editing, which just simply means uh, it could be something as easy as taking out the us and ums, um, and it can it can shorten that. If you've ever watched videos, I almost find them annoying. Like it's gone too far in places like TikTok, um, Instagram as well, where they take out every pause and breath all the way, and then so it just has this really weird choppy thing where it never stops talking. There's never a breath in anything it's ever saying to you ever. You know, and like I find that to be a little annoying. Like whoa, whoa, whoa! Just like I need a breath in there. So it can go. Hey, I thought far. that was really entertaining, Brian. Go ahead and do that again. You did that so well. <laughs> take, a, take, a deep breath. take a deep breath, and I'll just go. I'll just go until I run out of air. Um, so it it can go. I have seen it go too far. Is my point. But any anyway, the text based editing can be really really helpful because you can take out entire you know sentences out of the middle, and it will instantly chop that out of the video. Now that can be really, really helpful, especially for a guy like me who can at times ramble on and get off topic a little bit. Uh, where I find this to be really, really helpful with tools like this, and now in Adobe, is that I don't have to worry so much if I do go off track. And what it now allows me to be is just myself. So I I do this with my clients all the time, where I've said this many times, where I've said, hey, just talk naturally and openly. Please don't edit yourself. Because what I find is that when people edit themselves, you get a reduced result out of it in one way or the other, whether it doesn't feel authentic or whatever the case may be. So this is kind of great because now as the editor on the other side, I can either say for myself or for clients that I'm working with, with, hey, 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 don't worry. Don't worry if this isn't a perfect take. We can handle this on post. 
now just as a as a pivot into like what um descript is saying they're coming out basically they put out a blog uh and i'll share it here on the screen where they said hey We've been kind of staying out of this AI race because we wanted to make this, we wanted to get really, really good with this and not just hit you guys with a bunch of stuff nobody wants, which I thought was an interesting take on why, <laughs> why they've been a little bit slower to the, to the, uh, to the market with some of this stuff. I, I, it's, a, it's a nice PR push, never, nevertheless. But I'll, I'm curious to get your guys' response to this because I actually queued it up on my screen of their overdub feature. So their overdub feature is a la uh, like an 11 labs where I can train it on my voice. And then not only can I remove spots in the uh, text uh, writing, but I can also add new areas, which could be great because maybe I want to throw up a screen that's got a slide. I go, oh, I forgot to put that slide in what I was doing. The idea being, hey, I can throw that up on screen. It's not going to dub to my voice like a um, hey, Jen, nothing that advanced. But if I wanted to just throw it up on a screen, Ideally, what I should be able to do in Descript is, is throw up this new slide, type in what I want to say, and using this new overdub feature, you should just continue to hear my voice carry on right up until the point it comes back and you're watching my voice again. Or let's say I'm not on screen at all. It's one of these YouTube videos where the there's never a human on screen and they do everything. We've watched YouTube videos like that where everything, the entire transcript is typed out. And it's just an AI generated version of a voice doing the entire version. Of course, we've seen this, the proliferation of this, because we've seen, hey, you can create a thousand YouTube videos by tomorrow. Like, well, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's really the, the area you want to go for. But nonetheless, let me share this really quick. And I'm curious to get your guys' honest feedback on uh, also share. Yeah, we definitely need to hear the tab audio um, on whether you guys think this is. Good enough. Okay, so I've got it queued up right to the point where he has put in his his text, and now I guess maybe we should go a little before just so you can hear the way he talks normally. This a bit, and boom! I have my generated audio in my own voice. Give it a listen. The ocean is a beautiful place, but it is also a very nasty place. I mean, think about how many times your foot has touched some seaweed on the beach. Disgusting, right? Me personally, I'm more of a late guy myself. It just seems like the better option. Maybe I shouldn't have titled this The Ocean. And that's pretty much it. Okay, here's here's my initial take on that. Mm -hmm. I would not, that would stand out like a sore thumb to me. It does not, it's his voice. I think we can agree on that. But they tried to mix in some background music to it to try to show you and maybe if the rest of the presentation sounds like that, it would not jump out to me. But if he was mm -hmm. taking exactly what, the way he was talking on this video, inserted a clip like that and came back to him, I'd be oh, like, yeah. what just happened? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know. What's your take on that? Am I just being overly critical because it wasn't the use case? He was yeah. just showing a real snippet? Or is this I, an actual thing that a business user could use tomorrow? I think, I, I think for me, I, I would need a little more experimentation because I'd want to know if changing any uh, of the grammar style or, you know, wording style adjusts the flow of the mm. overdub. Does that control the voice, right? So just from that little clip, yes, I agree with you. That's a that's a huge, uh, you know, uh, change between the two styles of his, his voice, the cadence and things like that. And you're definitely going to be able to pull that out. But if you can put in your you know your exclamations you can control your the pacing or cadence of your uh, of the overdub through the the text 
then I think you have you have options there, right? Because mm. you can you can kind of tweak it towards uh, towards the energy level or the tone that you're trying the overall tone that you're trying to apply, and that could be something that you know they would apply on the back end too, right? If um, if they had a way to just apply, oh, this is how I want it to sound, mm. right? This is the tone, the cadence, the pacing, all those kinds of things. If you can put in those elements to just apply overall, then I think you've got a, you know, you, you've got a smoother, uh, smoother transition there. Also, I'm not exactly sure there, it, it sounded like he was uh, <laughs> trying to do a poem, right? Uh, compared like to, the old, to his regular so, deep thoughts. <laughs> right, right, exactly, <laughs> the deep thoughts. So that, that's another, uh, but that's another option is to, uh, to have that transition there. Or it's like, okay, yeah, here, we're going to intro. And here's my newest poem. And then you go into poem voice, you know, right. or performance. You're saying right? you, you could, want you that could, change. you're saying that, and it's a fair point. You could, knowing that this is going to happen, you can preempt it by making it sound more natural because then it would sound like, oh, this is exactly how I intended it to sound as opposed oh, yeah. to maybe ignoring it. And it's sounding off and, you know, we pick up on it very, very quickly um, I don't know. I don't want to get too stuff because I know we have a lot of other news on it, but I'm just curious, Beth or Andy, like any quick reactions on yeah, how useful that, this is uh, to a business th user right is, now? This is a, an impersonation of your vocal style based on a very small training set of your vocal yeah. style. So it's not going to capture the wide range of dynamic expression that a human has at their beck and call. Uh, mm -hmm. But I believe that over time we'll get to longer and longer training uh, sets uh, and the AIs will be able to uh, s smartly interject, you know, the, at the right moment, some kind of dynamics that that aren't present in that. You just saw that as a bad impersonation. Uh, that was yeah. all we got out right. of that one. Right, right. I also think that I'm a little suspicious when the companies come out and say, we've been gestating, and now <laughs> we've come with something yes. that is like really great that we want right. uh, to share. Because um, there was a story that came out that said um, Google is, uh, Google's BARD project is shortcutting, right? So they're mm. like, they're skipping legal. They're like getting stuff done in two weeks. Like they're, they have, uh, they're looking at Bard as like an existential project. And I don't necessarily think that they're wrong, but when companies come out and say, hey, you know, we've, uh, we know we've been quiet, but now we have something for you. I, in the back of my head, I'm always like, okay, so did you do the last 20% in like 3% of the time? Like what is happening? Are you how right. influenced are you by what's happening around because AI is moving so fast? And I would just say just last point on this one, but this would go for any news or any new stuff. If if you're gonna take the tone of which this blog does for just script, if you're gonna take the tone of like we've been baking this for a little bit longer because we wanted it to be great, and then the result is not great, you've really let me down. You could have just left that whole part out and said, We have this new feature. And my expectations <laughs> would have been level with whatever you brought out to me. But if you if you come at me and you say, we've really been thinking about this and you're about to be blown away, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be blow, like blown away, 11 labs blown away or mid journey version of an image or whatever. And then it's like, right. like mm. why? Why do that? Why shoot yourself in the foot? You, I mean, truthfully, the script I think is pretty great. 
but they've let me down just a little bit today because it wasn't where I thought it was going to go based on other AI tools and stuff. So just interesting marketing ploy there. Yeah. I don't even think they had to do that. Descript has a good enough name in the market that right. they could have just said we've improved what they is what they said. We've improved our over, overdub feature. Enough. Right. I don't need more than right. that. Anyway. All right. What do you guys have? Anybody want to jump in with their other uh, news stories and everybody brought stuff. So uh, I don't know. Andy, why don't you uh, go next? Yeah. So uh, I'd like to just note that in the international arena of AI development, uh, Baidu, the Chinese internet mm. and AI company, um, did a big presentation and said, our new uh, AI that we're just releasing is equivalent in its reasoning capabilities and instruction following and, and natural dialogue as our GPT-4 and Lambda, the Google you know, language uh, model for dialogue, which powers Bard. So they're, they're claiming then, I, what I thought was interesting about that uh, was that they're saying these are the three, right? There may be others, but these are the three and we're one of the top trio of major language models. So I thought mm. that was a, a newsworthy note Baidu says Bard and GPT-4 are the main competition. Which is really interesting because I'm trying to come up with a analogy. Like that's sort of like saying um, uh, it's the equivalent of this um, pristine cake and this hostess muffin. Right, like you're saying, you know, which one was the muffin? Right, you're but you're saying something that is actually not two of same sets. Like if you said this right. is the equivalent of GPT four and Claude, wow, right? Yeah. But somehow including Bart in that, it's like, what are, know, what are you be, saying? We may be biased, uh, you know, about Bard and Lambda. I mean, Google yeah. Google isn't ostentatious about their capabilities. But they they've been working AI for a very long time. I actually have a a, a, a good friend who uh, works there in their AI function at the mm -hmm. highest levels. I'm going to invite him to be on this show. <laughs> okay, oh, awesome. <laughs> and I think Camilla. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Camilla. I don't know. I don't know. I've read about Gemini too. That's always sort of in the news. And maybe maybe that's exactly right. Um, we do. I do feel like we. Uh, <laughs> We uh, bash on Bard a little bit, but not without good reason a lot of times. I mean, a lot of times you go to Bard and you go, I mean, I keep seeing Bard get better. So there's that. Mm -hmm. But right. it's just not there. But I'm I'm kind of with you, Camilla. Like, I'm just waiting for the day where where in one day Google surpasses ChatGPT, Claude, by, by whatever it is. I, I think they could do it in like they're baking something. Maybe it's Gemini or whatever. And I think in one day they're going to make a release and people are going to go, Holy crap! That's that's actually better than anything I've seen up until this point. I mean, we certainly saw it with GPT three point five and four and stuff like that. So there, it's it's Google, right? We know they're completely capable of 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 knocking one out of the park. Um, but I I kind of agree with you too, Beth. Where it's like they're just skipping corners, <laughs> well, <laughs> running and as I, literally as fast as they can and putting this stuff out there. Um, I agree yeah. with that. And I keep going back to Google, right? Google has like this whole history. I go mm. back to Google regularly, like uh, just because it's my habit. Like, I don't know this. I want more information. I'm going to Google it. 
I'm going to go to Bard. I'm going to have a conversation. But uh, AI moves fast. How many times have we ha have we justified something that came out of Google that underperformed, underwhelmed, and said, oh, but they're Google. They invented this. They're coming out. The next yeah. thing, the next thing. Oh, like they have, oh, cool. You can generate images in your slides. Like, mm -mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. you can. Yeah. So I want to put in a plug for Claude too and Anthropic uh, because I, I, in my personal experience, comparing the output, not I don't actually include Bard in the in the compare. <laughs> I basically compared ChatGPT4 and Claude 2. Uh, but uh, my experience is that Claude 2 is is almost 80% of the time is the one that I choose to go forward with and consider for deployment of a, mm. of a major prompt that, that mm. requires multiple, you know, uh, reason steps and, and instructions. It comes out with a better result that's just subjective. Uh, but but if I did a real evaluation, like Beth would ask me to do, I could I could <laughs> tell you what the di real differences were between those two. But Claude seems, in my experience, to be more effective, and it also provides a very very large context window, which is useful when you're right. thinking about doing AI applications. It's true. I agree with that. I mean, I, I've been touting Claude now for months and months and months and Claude 2, I think, was was an improvement. And having that 100,000 uh, token limit makes a difference. It makes a huge difference because you were able to have some really, really long chat threads and, and strings where you can do some deep dive analysis on massive volumes of text. And I find that to be extremely helpful, especially with things like transcripts, not just like for a show like this, where it's 30 minutes of, of straight talking and transcript, but even double or triple or quadruple the size of something like this. You can take two hours worth of transcript easily into, into Claude and quickly have really, really deep dive conversations into that. You just feel, I just don't know how valuable that is to do that. Um, okay, uh, Beth, I, we haven't gotten to you at all. Um, news stories. So I'm going to talk about um, Replit and um, uh, GitHub. Um, mm. There were two no two stories that came out, and they're actually sort of related to your OpenStack um, story, your bad news about OpenStack. Um, uh, Git. There was a story that came out about GitHub. Um, GitHub is a is a coding app. Is a it's not a coding app. Get, it's for devs, so it's like it's messy and funky and really good. Um, uh, but it uh, completes your code. June, me help me with this. Um, uh, right. <laughs> and, so, but GitHub has a thing. Yeah. Uh, you pay for it. You pay yeah. one dollars a month. And uh, a story came out that said they're losing twenty dollars a month for every user who pays ten dollars a month. Really, Replit. Mm -hmm is different and similar, not like cake mm -hmm. and hostess muffin, like closer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like cake and German chocolate cake, right? Like <laughs> close. Um, uh, and Replit uh, is, uh, it got released on Hugging Face for free. Like Replit mm -hmm. has a 
has a billion a billion new coders sort of vision. So Replit is really mm -hmm. interested in like everybody can code. So this is kind yeah. of the other flavor for the no code revolution. Um, yeah. No code, you'd like can do all these things like build Lego streams and now you have product. Um, mm -hmm. This is the code equivalent of like, oh, use the code. Cool, we'll give you the Legos, right? Like we'll, right. we'll show you the code that's in each of the Legos and you can build your thing. Right. All right, Junmi, what did I get wrong? <laughs> no, no, that, that's that's pretty spot on. I I do love the cake analogy because that that works the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Any? Well, I'll just jump in on that one just because you mentioned it, Beth. The one I was going to mention was just Stack Overflow. It's a real, real mm -hmm. quick one, and it's just that they're laying off another hundred people as the AI coding boom continues, is what the uh, the article says. Uh, they just bad timing is what it sounds like they pushed with a huge hiring push last year and you can imagine if you're stack overflow and you push and you're thinking it's going to go this way and then november comes around and chat gpt and all of a sudden you have all these people who can quickly find solutions to problems in coding i'm not a coder but the way i understand it uh through ai and all of a sudden something like stack overflow which was a go-to resource for so many coders yeah. now is yeah. suffering and so they're right. laying off people. I don't know that that means that they're necessarily done. I think they're just course correcting from a big hiring push last year. But that's difficult for any business to watch them do that, where they they probably rightfully last year were, were building towards something. And then this new, not new, but sort of different technology comes out. And I won't say makes them irrelevant, but it certainly hurts. And they were also saying they're having trouble and they put a ban on people putting AI coding solutions onto Stack Overflow. So they have they have like a two front war coming right now. And, and that that makes it pretty tough, especially if, you know, coders feel like maybe it's not going to be the go to resource that they can count on for getting solutions. Those users are why, going to why move away, it? you know? Yeah. Right. So anyway, just really interesting and kind of a obviously sad state of affairs. You never like to see, you know, 100 people getting laid off or whatever. But um, it sounds like they just need to course correct based on, you know, hiring pushes from uh, last year. So just want to throw that in there just based on kind of what you were talking about that. Um, observe like, that uh, this past week, since we're talking really about news of the week, mm -hmm. uh, this past week was a, a low ebb in, in, in just the flow. There's some, some weeks come along and there's an, an enormous range of new developments that are hard to understand and digest. And there's a flurry of commentary that comes out what i noticed most about commentary this week were people were still digesting the mm. dramatic range of applications that can be done with gpt for the vision yeah mm -hmm. so it, people are discovering lots of things and there's this one um one document that is actually quite dated it was an internal research document uh, we might have referenced it before but some researchers put together uh, 166 pages of vision applications using GPT-4. And it's mm. a great reference document. Just search wow. for those similar terms. And, and I think you'll surface. It's a widely available PDF uh, that covers, you know, work that was done many months ago by the people who had access to GPT-4 vision before any of us did. But it, mm. it was given out to some really, really smart people who then discovered the full universe of what you might be able to do. Not the full universe, because nobody's explored that, but 
I, I haven't yet had a chance to do that. So we're still in the window, even in these last mm-hmm. seven days of trying to yeah. fully understand just how powerful vision is in uh, this multimodal interaction with a really large and competent language model like GPT-4. Gotcha. And I do have a more- couple of uh, other stories uh, that we can touch upon. Um uh, that actually have some business uh, <laughs> uh, applications. Um, CapCut, Cap, or sorry, CapCut uh, is a you know it's a video video editing uh, software closely tied to TikTok because they have the same parent company. They have twenty five percent of users uh, using it on the platform, but they announced a business uh, version. So uh, that focuses on creating uh, templates and quick turnarounds for uh, their advertisers and marketers. So if, uh, if you are advertising or using your workflow for, for TikTok, their, uh, their sister company, uh, CapCut, uh, uh, came out with those, uh, those business tools. And I also wanted to quickly touch upon the announcement of AI factories from NVIDIA and a Foxconn. Uh, deal that they're working on. Okay. So, so yeah, so we all know NVIDIA. They're the GPU makers. They've made a huge splash. They're supplying all the chips to all the uh, uh, the AI folks. Uh, Foxconn is the largest electronics manufacturer in the world, mm-hmm. right? They're in everything. Uh, if you've got a piece of electronics, there's some Foxconn stuff in there. Um, but they're teaming up to make what they're calling AI factories. Essentially, instead of making physical products, they're doing all of the heavy lifting for AI processes. So that's a lot of, you know, flow, uh, workflow analysis, designing new battery tech or EV vehicles, all of those kinds of things. Um, So these are all, I guess, focused and supercharged data centers that are uh, focused on doing AI related tasks. Um, so I think that's really interesting, and we'll probably see a few more uh, big things coming out of uh, that deal. So cl- uh, clarify what uh, th- that Foxconn is not actually getting into chip fab, right? Uh, no, 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 not not beyond you know whatever they're they're doing correct uh, currently, but they um, but I think they're using their their supply chain and their access to mm. whatever manufacturers with NVIDIA to form these data centers or form these AI factories that as as they're calling them. Hmm. And that for folks who didn't catch it, uh, Andy used his very cool uh, inside lingo, chip fab, uh, yeah. chip fabrication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do have a sort of an interesting one here. I'll try to do it real quick. Is uh, we've all talked about the um, the app Pi. So Pi is a um, virtual assistant. I guess would be the right word for it. Um, uh, we've talked about it at length and saying how how much we actually enjoyed how conversational it can be. And um, Pi is Pi is you know what was great about it or is great about it is you can just talk naturally to it. You can now also do that with GPT voice on your on your app. And I've I've said sort of in the last two weeks or so, I've been a little bit more impressed with the GPT version than Pi. However, I think Pi is an interesting use case because I'm not sure where they're trying to go with this. But what they just said, they announced in the last couple of days is that 
now they have the ability to access the internet or Pi has the ability to access the internet. So if I just pull up Pi here, what are some of the uh, gymnastic studios um, close to me in the Tampa area? Thinking. <laughs> it's a little slower. There are several great options in the Tampa area. Here are a few top picks. Stars Gymnastics located on West Beach Street. Elite Technique Gymnastics located on South Coolidge Avenue. Wayne C. Pappy Athletic Center located on North Florida Avenue. Stars Gymnastics has a wide range of classes and programs, and they're known for their positive and supportive environment. Elite Technique Gymnastics is a smaller gym, but they- Okay, and just for the time, sake of time, I could go on to ask very Googleable type things like what are their times, these kind of things. Um, right. I'm curious though, because I, I assume your echoes, so I don't kick her off in the other room. <laughs> you know who <laughs> with, a, with an A name <laughs> and series and Google assistants or whatever, they will all have this very yes. similar level of what Pi is doing. So mm -hmm. if they don't already have it now, which is just more natural language than what we could maybe do currently. I mean, Siri has been around forever and I just feel like the next iteration of Siri is this yeah. or, and perhaps better. So cool i i do like pi but but i'm wondering if they're like a dead man walking like what are mm. they doing to differentiate where's their moat because i just feel like they're if yes they're innovative right now but we've already seen the last two weeks with chat gpt voice can do and your series your echoes your whatever i mean insert whatever your doorbell will be able to do this very very easily and and similarly so i'm just I'm curious what you guys think is like, where is Pi going with this? I think they should be connected to the internet, but now aren't they just a, an assistant? Like, I don't know. Well, you know, the, the distinction in my mind for Pi is the um, emotive and empathetic uh, training that it's undergone. It's a very right. extensive training. And the experience that I have with limited time at, with Pi is that uh, she is very engaging and it's mm -hmm. difficult to break the flow of the conversation with her yes. because she asks questions of you that are relevant and are intended to advance the conversation like a good mm -hmm. interviewer would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and that's not the experience I have with any of the other language models. The other language models aren't, aren't actively wanting to create the experience of a personal contact who, you know, I might enjoy speaking to. That's mm -hmm. not it. They're, they're very competent, very capable, but they're not my friend. Pi is designed to, in effect, be a, a friend to you and, and to retain lots of information about you individually that it learns from the course of those conversations. Now, this is really a, a tangent to the range of capabilities that will ultimately be a part of that personalized and empathetic assistant that learns about you and understands you well enough to be really, really sensible and, <laughs> and uh, appreciative of you and who you are. And, and mm -hmm. now you can ask her to go out and you know find some information for you as well. But that's just a rote kind of application of what is underneath the hood, which is an, an, a large language model is being developed to know you and be able to interact with you in a, in a way that you find rewarding. 
So I'm curious, to just uh, that's a good point. And by the way, I did cut her off. You're absolutely right on this, Andy, with her Socratic follow-up questions. She absolutely, if I had not cut her off, would have said, I'm curious, uh, is this for a beginner level gymnast or are you just looking around? So she does right. come back with questions that continue mm -hmm. the conversation beyond where a typical Google search just ends, right? Here's what you asked for. Boom, there it is. Not really, unless you're using like the SGE and stuff like that in BARD or whatever. Um, so I'm curious for anybody on this as we're sort of wrapping up here, but um, right. is the goal with 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 a pie to be your go-to because you're just more comfortable with it? And is it, does it get to a point in the future where I'm like, look, I'm just gonna ask pie for this information because I enjoy the conversation more and she understands me more right up until the point where she's like, are you gonna get that same blizzard again, Brian? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if we need to be talking about my Dairy Queen habits and uh, just bringing that out to the world. I don't know if we need to be talking about that. you know. And she's telling me that that blizzard is not currently in season uh, at my local Dairy Queen. I don't know if that's, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> good, also bad. We're, we're gonna get that uh, German chocolate cake, right, Beth? <laughs> right. Um, do we wanna do a quick lightning round here instead of maybe a TLDR, like any news stories that we didn't get to? Uh, do we wanna just do a quick lightning round? Just Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, one, uh, one story that we didn't get to, and I'll, I'll go first. Um, I really enjoyed the news coming out of uh, academia with the burn scroll from Vesuvius. So there's this Vesuvius challenge to researchers where they found, uh, they've discovered, I don't know how long ago, but basically this papyrus scroll that was wrapped up and, uh, you know, Vesuvius exploded and covered in ash and all those kinds of things. But um, researchers were able to use uh, x-rays and 3D map it and pull out some text from the wrapped papyrus scroll and a used AI to translate it and break it down and they and they were able to translate a word which turned out to be uh purple but we you know <laughs> we don't know what the rest of the scroll says but um if I could just show really quickly I know this yeah, this yeah sorry this is just uh just this imagery is is awesome uh let's see here yeah that's the one that's the scroll wow <laughs> i that blew my mind and then they used ai yeah. later on to uh to take a piece or, or be able to read a piece of it and that's and that's what they did they identified the lettering what and yeah <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Like that is something what? out of science fiction. I mean, you know, no no business applications at this point in time, but I just thought that was amazing. I mean, so. you know, Enron burning all their stuff in the, you know, <laughs> mass, mass burning of files as they were running out of the building, maybe, you know, more of an FBI use case, you know, maybe of, uh, you know, even your burned documents aren't safe anymore from AI. <laughs> there might, right. might be some stuff there. <laughs> Quick lightning round. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about Yasa One by a company called Rika, mm -hmm. who has like, yeah. you know, everybody's from. Google research, uh, open AI research, that kind of stuff. Um, Yasa One's release is interesting because it's multimodal first. It includes video as an input. Um, and 
Uh, they have done a different take, and I'm totally ripping all of this off from uh, Paul Reitzer's analysis. Thanks, Paul. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they are... Um, they're not trying to compete on the large language model thing. So it's not something that's been trained on like 700 million billion things right. there. They've got this and they're like, you put in your data, right? Ooh. Because they're not going to be able to compete on the compute uh, training hours because that's being gobbled up by uh, the various players. So uh, I think multimodal first is really interesting. Um, mm. And, uh, and this like, Hey, we can compete. Um, because we've got a great product and we're not going to try to train it on a billion things. We're going to let you insert your stuff. So I like it. Uh, Andy, you want to go before I know? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short. Uh, there's a, um, an AI first uh, robotic uh, developer mm -hmm. called figure. Uh, and they demonstrated this week um, an independently uh, actuated robot uh, driven by AI that can walk independently. Uh, mm. and, and, you know, so this has been done before by companies like Boston Dynamics, but with billions probably of dollars of investment. This is a, an AI efficient one where a small oh. team of people on, with very little money are developing a, a sophisticated oh, nice. personal robot. Thanks for that distinction. I like that. And I just saw it, something and probably not exactly related, but I did just say, I think it was in Matt Wolf's video talking about at like Disneyland, they've got these like little trained robots and it says droid training and they're like walking like ducks in a row through the little <laughs> lands and stuff like that, which I thought was a really cool use case for like, if I was a little kid and I saw droids in training walking like ducks, I'd be like, that's cool. Um, right. you know, it wasn't like robotics mm. per se. Um, the one thing I had and it's really simple was that um, it's a uh, port key P-O-R-T-K-E-Y dot A-I just put out a blog. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting just talking about how latency and speed for GPT-4 have um, are almost at the level where 3.5 was. Still costs more to use uh, GPT-4. But in terms of, of response rates, they've come down and they're almost in par on par with mm -hmm. 3.5, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought of, but I actually really definitely agree with because I've definitely noticed that GPT-4 is much, much faster um, in a, ch a typical chat thread than it used to be when it first came out. So... I hadn't thought about it, but once they sort of showed the graphs, I know it went all the time for that. Then um, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense to me that it's gotten nice. much, much faster. So um, still costs a bit more. I personally think the results are better. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I just pay the more because I think it's worth it. But, um, you know, anyway. Um, okay. So thank you to uh, all of us and all of our, our great stuff that we had for the last week and all the news. Thank you to Camilla, who's in the comments. I see Camilla, you asked a couple more questions about uh, Pi and everything. I'm sorry we didn't get to that. Uh, she does say, wow, so cool. Um, not to me, but to what you showed, <laughs> Jumi, with the uh, yeah. with the severely burnt uh, scroll. I'll just assume she meant it for all of us. Wow, we're so cool. Thank you, Camilla. Um, <laughs> she meant the scroll. She meant the scroll. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for today. We went a little over, but that's because there's always so much cool things to talk about. And just in the, and this is the last seven days, guys. So we'll continue to come back every Wednesday and bring you um, – all the cool things that we think have happened in the last seven days. It's fun to talk about. I know I just learned a lot, as always. Uh, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow and Friday. Other than that, have a wonderful Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Aloha.